Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and each week we celebrate and commiserate with best-selling authors, parenting experts, and moms around the world. Aren't we lucky, though, that we get to have this type of mother journey where we are allowing ourselves to, like, fall on our face and we know when we're falling on our faces and then we have other mommy friends that are like, oh, I do it too. And then we try to, you know, pick ourselves up and, like, trying to be the best versions of ourselves. I just, that to me, I, I just feel really, I feel really grateful. All right, everybody, subscribe on iTunes.com backslash Atomic Moms. Do it. You'll have access to over 100 Atomic Moms episodes. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Atomic Moms. Our show notes are over at AtomicMoms.com. All right, all right, all right. Oh, see, now, the Southern's coming out in me. That's because uh, I will be sharing our conversation with Nikki Deloche. At the age of 12, our guest today... Nikki Deloche became a member of the Mickey Mouse Club, just a little 12-year-old from a farm in Georgia, a member of the Mickey Mouse Club, alongside Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, and Ryan Gosling. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be prepubescent with that bunch. Uh, She recently starred on MTV's number one scripted and critically acclaimed series, Awkward. I've also seen her on Grey's Anatomy and Mad Men, among uh, many other uh, credits. Outside of acting, she co-founded iWe, which is women supporting women in entertainment. Hallelujah. She's also been on Dr. Drew on call. And you can see her this weekend, December 3rd, 8 p.m. She's in the Hallmark Channel movie, A Dream of Christmas. Uh, our children, my daughter, Sabrina, for new listeners, hi. Uh, she's three, and so is her son, Hudson. And so they are play buddies. And let's just get to it, right? I can't wait to introduce you all to your new Atomic Mom friend, Nikki Deloche. Okay, everybody, we are in studio. It's Sunday, and it's pouring down rain. We are sitting at a table uh, just- <laughs> Can I, can I take a picture of our covered, table right now? Yeah. <laughs> covered in Coors Light. <laughs> I mean, you are a true Southern gal. You show up with a hostess gift. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, I brought my salsa. That's home, uh, my homemade salsa. It's like wow. a family recipe. And then and Coors what's in Light. It? Um, a bunch of different vegetables, everything from black-eyed peas to green peppers to corn to tomatoes. You to, called it caviar. Um, it's like Georgia caviar. Yeah, what do you call but it? like there's Texas caviar too. It's all every and usually every recipe is like some family secret recipe that has been in like the family forever, and this has too. And so, and you can eat it with chips, or you can put it on um, eggs or avocado. I'm just going to eat it out of the jar. Sa- or <laughs> actually, most of, most of my friends who I make this for, it's their favorite thing, and they do, they just like take a spoon and eat it out of the jar. Is it a secret recipe? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. But I'll make it for you anytime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And of course, Coors Light, like, because yeah. I can't, you can't. Because I would, it's Sunday morning. Because it's <laughs> Sunday morning. And by the way, I'd be watching football and drinking Coors Light anyway at this point yeah, in time. Right. <laughs> okay, Nikki, we have so much to talk about. Uh, but wait, I was looking you up uh, because this is what I do for the podcast. I stalk uh, my potential friends. This is like a mom friend date right now. It is. It's kind We're of. We're having uh, a mom friend date with Coors Light. With Coors Light. And um, salsa. Salsa and, and some rain. rain. And some candles. It's very romantic. Yeah, candles. Uh, did I see that your husband was in a boy ma- band? Mm. By the way, that's how we met. Wait, tell us. So I was in a girl band. This is so ridiculous. Called Innocence, spelled with S's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how old were you? Uh, I started when I was, I think it was, I was 17 when I first like got into it. Yeah, because I, I remember we were recording our first like couple of demos and I had my 18th birthday. And... um. And he was in a boy band, and we were signed to both of us. We were signed through Lou Pearlman to our, you know, I was signed to, our, or my band was signed to RCA, and he was signed to, I want to say Jive or Atlantic or something like that. Anyway, that's how we met, became friends, you know, and we're just friends for a long time before he asked me out on a date. Where'd and you go? Actually, to my house because I was like, 
I had gotten out of a long-term a relationship that was like emotionally yeah. unhealthy and it did a lot of damage to me. So I was kind of like off boys for a while. And and like, you know, if I did go out on a date, like at the end of the date, if the boy like even dared to kiss me, I'd be like, all right, and I'm out. Like, I just, so, yeah. So you were just a couple of innocent pop stars. I, I was not innocent. <laughs> okay. Believe me, I did. I did most of the things that were offered to me. But I <laughs> but I was just in a place of like, no, I'm definitely not ready to date anyone. I'm definitely yeah. not ready for a relationship. So a friend of ours suggested, well, why don't you just say, make it very, you know, relaxed and say, well, I'll just bring some food over and some wine and we'll just sit and talk. And so that's what he did. He brought Chinese food over and a bottle of wine and we just sat and kind of talked and got to know each other, you know, more than just friends. And that's how it started. And 17 years later, we're still doing that. And you've got a three-year-old. <laughs> We've got a three-year-old. Wow. Uh, who is like the equivalent, the, the male equivalent of Sabrina. Yes, who, which our listeners would know all about. Um, <laughs> spirited. So spirited. Yeah. So much determination and will. Yeah. They're yeah. both not great nappers. Not great nappers. <laughs> they got things to do. They cannot Places marry each be. other. They'll kill each other. I like as much as I would I love know, but that. But Hudson's very. I mean, he's he seems sweet. so sweet. He is actually the sweetest. He's so so and so like sweet to me. You know, like this morning when we got up and uh, Ryan's out of town, and so he came and cuddled in bed with me, and he kept being like, "Mommy, I want to get closer. I want to get closer to you. I want to get closer." Until like literally, like he was Aww. like laying his whole body on me with his face, like watching cartoons. Such a and mama's I was, boy. I know, and I was like, "Is this close enough?" And he was like, "Mm-hmm. This feels good." Oh. Can you believe? I mean, how yeah. sweet is that? So sweet. I know. I know. Oh. Sabrina will do that one day. Yeah. She does it sometimes. <laughs> uh, she prefers when I'm sleeping. She likes to come in and, like, jam my eye open like uh, Elsa and Anna in Frozen, which, by the way, everyone, we have not watched this for months now um, because she gets too obsessed in, like, fantasy play. Oh, yeah. But she always does the eye open thing because there's a scene in Frozen where uh, I th where Anna, I don't know, one of them shoves the other one's eye open to be like, it's morning. Wake up. Right. Wake up. So she and always that's what does she that. does it. Yeah. Can you believe I haven't seen Frozen? That's insane. I can. I mean, I mean, you can I'm hold just off. Admitting that you can hold off for a bit. It's like there's it's a lot of shame of attached to that that you haven't done. Yeah. You haven't watched it. I yeah. know, but I'm super excited for the day that it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll make a night of it uh, <laughs> with the chorus light. I uh, the the other intimate thing that Sabrina has done lately is she tries to nurse. Which kind of is like sad. You're giving me like that's such a southern look. Like, <laughs> did you just share that? No, <laughs> she does. She tries, like, and because I have friends who are still nursing, it? and so then they, she tries to nurse and say that she's like these other. You know, she'll be oh, like, I'm being like she misses body. that yeah connection with you. Yeah. Is well, what she it just is, sees right. Yeah, or because she sees other kids do it with their mamas. Yeah, yeah. Um. So so she'll just sort of like suck on my neck. And because I am so starved for her affection, just she's such a strong, it. independent three-year-old, I let yeah. her do it. Yeah. I let my child give me hickeys. Someone <laughs> will probably take me away now. No. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Parenting is weird. Ryan will tell me all the time, like, don't let him do that. And I'm like, leave me alone. Get out of, get out of the room. Like, you know. Oh and now I'm sweating and I don't know if it's because I'm so embarrassed or because I have the heater on with the rain. No, you um, can't be embarrassed by that. That's so. That's just so sweet. Innocence. It's so sweet. How long were you with innocence? <laughs> I was like, yes, it's very innocent. Um, <laughs> with an S. Seven years. Whoa. Seven, Are you I friends with the girls years? still? No. I mean, like, that whole situation was pretty crazy. Um, meaning, like, I went into, like, the deepest. I would say it was the first, like, real dark night of the soul that I had ever struggled with, like, very deep, dark depress depression. Because, um, you know, like, Lou Pearlman, who had all of these bands, he— um, well, he's dead now, but he was in jail for like 20-something years for fraud, defrauding the, the government. Oh. 
And um, but before that, he was defrauding and taking advantage of and and just doing really awful things to these. Music what were groups? some of his other groups that were that moms uh, would know? Sync, Backstreet wow. Boys, um, LFO. You know, he's the one that started all all of them. And um, and by the time we came along and started getting success, you know, we had been on tour for, I think, I mean, years at that point, like overseas, Germany, Austria, Switzerland area. And then we came over here. We were on the Britney tour. We were on the NSYNC tour. And wow. um, about the time that we started achieving a lot of success, RCA ended up dropping us because of all the charges against <sighs> Lou. Wow. So it just all, like, went away. And we fought for it to, like, stay on its feet for a very long time. But him being the man that he was, that he is, like, didn't, wouldn't release us. And, I mean, there was a lot of really horrible things that went down, including, like, him having someone, you know, follow me because I knew, you know, he was in all this trouble. And it's like if I were to talk, you know, and to say all the things that I knew about, like, what he had done to people because a lot of other groups that left him— um, signed confidenti- confidentiality agreements. Yeah. They can never speak about what they know or what they saw. Did you? Heck no. Can you tell us one thing? Or are we all, are all going to be murdered right now? No, we're not. I'm getting nervous in this passed garage. away. He had the largest Ponzi scheme before Bernie Madoff that had ever existed in the United oh States of America. I mean, this man was a very bad guy. And um, so, yeah, like, that. it was just— that was like that was a very difficult time. So leaving that, I kind of like walked away from everything, and I didn't talk to anyone or really see anyone, including the girls, um, for a very, very long time. Okay, but you were yeah. still dating Ryan at that point. Yeah, we left together actually and moved back. I moved back to Los Angeles because I was here doing acting stuff before that, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know what, I. I think I'm done with this music business stuff. I want to go to law school. And I was like, this might actually work out. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You're like, phew, (laughs) great. Yes, you could totally come to to L.A. with me. (laughs) Because if you were going to continue with this whole boy band thing, like we were going to have to just call it a day. (laughs) Really fast, because I do want to get to parenting (laughs) things. But I'm so curious. Okay, you're in a a girl band. He's in a boy band. What about, and you're 17, 18 years old. What about the jealousy? Because people must have just been throwing themselves. Not at me, but at him. I'm sure, you know, because he was at a in a boy band. But, um, you know, the first year we just dated and there was no, you know, he was on the road and I was on the road. And so there, I never wanted to commit through that because the relationship I had been in prior, prior to that, he was also in a boy band and there was a <laughs> lot of cheating that oh, happened. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Not, I didn't do any cheating. He did yeah, all the cheating. That's why I feel bad. But, um, so I just was like, but also at the same time, it's like you're a young kid, you know, I almost can't yeah, fault the guy because so it's like you're in like one of the biggest boy bands in the world and like oh, you're now a kid. Oh, now I want to know. Now I want to know. Uh, Who was it? You do a little digging, you'll know. Like it's very, it's uh, very out there. But it's like, I can't fault him because it's like. Yeah. You know, you're young yeah. and you're yeah. in like this huge— and you're famous. Point. And you're famous. Like, yeah. what are you doing being in a relationship with me, really, at the end of the day? And so— Well, you're you're sparkly. You're that— <laughs> That's so sweet. You Thank are. You. <laughs> you're like <laughs> ultimate sparkles. And what I love most about you— uh, and again, our kids just started preschool together. I know, but we're like, on the fast track. I, <laughs> you and me. Yeah, but when I first met you, I can't, I, can't, I have to tell you, like, I met you and I was like, she doesn't know it yet, but she's not going to be able to shake me with a stick. <laughs> oh, like, I am sweet. on her, like, white on rice. Like, so I just sweet. knew instantly, I was like, we have, we're the same tribe. Oh, yeah. Because you, <laughs> okay, first of all, I mean, I'm sure we probably annoy some people with like the biggest smiles, like just the whole time grins. Like, we can't help it. I'm Although, laughing. I really want to train myself so that I can. The lines? Yeah, the lines are starting to bug me. <laughs> but no. the smile lines, they're, mine are deep. I got it from my father. It's hereditary, but maybe less uh, smiles for me. <laughs> well, I can help it. I, I, you know, I go through that, too, because I look at my face and I see the deep Don't smile really. lines. But then I'm also like, that just means that I've been happy a lot. Okay, so <laughs> here's the thing. You're super happy, uh, super—you're uh, 
gosh, your energy is just contagious. Like it just mm. feels like a party Thank you. Um, around you. <laughs> but then here's the other fun. This is what I really love is that you'll just like, man, you'll just jump off and then we'll be down like 500 feet. And then you'll be back up again. Like you, I've never <laughs> met anyone who's able to like be smiling, talking, and then just be like, yep, this is awful thing. And then be right back into like happy. <laughs> it's like you really do feel, I mean, that's probably why you're a great actress. You are able to uh, accept and experience like a full range of emotions and of humanity. Like it doesn't feel like. Because sometimes with smiley people <laughs> like mm -hmm. myself, you're just sort of like, well, there's some serious repression going on there. Or like, and right. it makes me nervous. But like with you, it's like, I'm happy, I'm joyful, and then <laughs> this is awful. Now I'm angry, and now I'm good again. Yeah. But that wasn't always. Like, that so how'd is, you do it? That is, because I was, I mean, how'd you get being healthy? raised in the South. Yeah. And you're raised to like be thing? seen and not heard. Yeah. And yeah, I did pageants and like, you know, my parents put, or my mom and my grandmother put me in pageants. And so, like, all of that stuff. Um, the lucky thing is that I was, what I was really interested in was just performing and mm -hmm. also playing sports. So I was very lucky that, like, my, I never, the focus was never on me being pretty. Like, with sports. With anything, the even, really, with, even really? with pageants. It was like, just about performance. It was just, like, I only wanted to really perform. And if I had to dress up in this dress, which I hated dress, I still hate dresses. I still hate high heels. Like, give me some boots, beer. Yeah. Like, you grew up jean. on a farm. I am a farm girl, so like all that stuff, I really hated. But okay, fine, I'll put up with it if it gives me an opportunity to express myself, which I definitely I needed to become a different character in order to survive my mother. Let's go there. See right? everybody. She just went down five hundred feet. <laughs> Let's go there. Yeah. But she wasn't nitpicky about the way you looked? Or oh, she was. so nitpicky. But that didn't affect you? Yeah. Because did. I did the same thing. Like, I, um, <clears throat> you know, have a lot of issues about the way I look still. Like, and thank God now that I'm not acting, I feel a lot more freedom about that. Like, I can be like, oh, it is totally cool for me to rock this unibrow. Like, it's okay. <laughs> Guys, she doesn't have a <laughs> unibrow, but but, but it's like, if she did, she would rock it. Yeah, I would totally rock yeah. it. Yeah. Like Frida. Um, <laughs> Frida! But uh, it's, there is a, um, a pressure I mean, especially growing up in the South or like the family photos. And uh, I totally took on that as part of my identity. And that's part of what I'm known for, like in my family. Like I— I'm better, the pretty one. Yeah, which is so crazy to say. It's, it's also crazy to say. to say listening to your podcast and how incredibly smart and wise and compassionate and thoughtful you are. Like— I, I mean, seriously, listening listening to you, I love your, you're like the Krista Tippett for moms, which is like oh the best. Oh my gosh, stop it. That's I'm a hugest compliment not ever. not joking because. Everyone quit listening to my podcast, <laughs> listen to On Being with Krista no. Tippett. <laughs> no, you are because I, you're having all the conversations that I want to listen to and I, I want to have and that I need to have. So like, it's so crazy to me, you know, and I get it because I grew up in that same family where like a lot of the times like you're the pretty one, but also what about how smart I am or what about mm -hmm. how sensitive or kind I am or what about those things? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. No, I, know. I never heard my parents say, um, oh, and she's the, you know, the sensitive, so. you know, champion for all the underdogs. Right. Like, what about being proud of your child for being that person? Yeah. Yeah. I would get I was sensitive, but it was a negative thing, right? It was a negative. Yeah, she's so sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> With the looks thing, how did you not let that affect you as a kid? I, I understand that you love performance, but the idea that you're wearing makeup and hairspray and all that stuff. Well, I think I, I, I'll go back. It's not that it didn't affect me. It just was never my issue. It was my mother's issue and her and my grandmother's projection of who they wanted me to be. But that's crazy that you could separate well, that. Well, I didn't separate it until later when I realized, like, oh, this eating disorder thing that I have, like, but that never felt like mine, by the way. That never felt like mine. It always felt like it was this some coming from outside mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. So I did have that curiosity of going, 
Well, then what? Then who does this belong to? Yeah. I'm shocked that I never had an eating disorder. I mean, I've <laughs> told that to my husband so many times. And maybe it's because I have an incredible gag reflex. But <laughs> you're just like, oh, can't eat can't, it. Uh, well, I can't throw up. I cannot make oh, myself yeah. throw up. Yeah. But, which I shouldn't joke about. It's a serious thing. But it that is, is. But, but right. I, my grandmother was blind. My father's mother was blind, uh, legally blind since the age of 60, probably, maybe 65. And uh, every time I would see her in high school, she would ask me how much I weigh. Whoa. And when she would come to hug me, she would, she would pat my hips. Oh, my mom does did that. Oh, yeah. And, and listen, my mom and I are in an awesome place now. My mother's come, we have come together on this journey, like, you know, let's do this. Wow. Because, like, I need you in my life. Mm. You know, but I can't accept you in my life with it with with the it being the old paradigm, yeah. like the old relationship that we used to have. So like it's gotta either evolve or it's gotta die. How did you get her on board? I had a phone call with her in my early twenties where I called her and I said just that. Do you want to be in my life? Where'd you learn these strong boundaries? I you know, up until then. I don't know where that came from. I just, I think part of it came from like, so I was thinking about this actually recently. This year has been really, really a weird year for me. Like, but um, I was thinking about it recently. Like, what what has driven me since I was like born? What yeah. has really been that thing? Because like some people are like, oh, you've always wanted to be a performer or this or that. And I was like, no, it's like deeper than that. Yeah. And it was well, like— you got like the survivor thing going on. It was to know and to love myself unconditionally so that I could actually really and truly know and love other people. And it's at the heart of everything I do. Everything that I create in my work, um, every relationship that I choose, the good and the bad, I realized I was like, I've chosen each and every one of those <laughs> Especially the most painful ones because pain is information, right? Yep. So, like, that's been at the heart, the way that I parent. You know, uh, if something's going on, I'm like, okay, what, what, am, what, what's happening with me? Like, what am I, what am I doing? What am I mirroring? You know, the whole, yeah. all of it has been about what is my child triggering in yeah. me? Because it's not my kid's behavior; it's the way that I'm responding to my child's behavior that's the issue. The thing that you said, you, the conversation you had with Bianca, uh huh. Where you were, or where you were yeah. t- talking about, like she, when she was talking about her reaction to her kid yeah. and that moment, and then also the, you were talking about Sabrina throwing those puff balls in the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was amazing for me because I thought it's true. Like, who wouldn't want to do that? And then, then we just long- stifle it. We just, I mean, our, par- <laughs> yeah. our parents stifled it, and their parents stifled it. Like, man, you think about centuries past and like how much fun everyone missed out on. <laughs> Like, life can be so much fun, but we just stifle it because we don't have to deal with, like, cleaning it up or because our parents taught us that that wasn't the right thing to do. But then, like you were saying, if you make it a fun game of cleaning up after it, then it actually becomes this really great way in which you just spend an hour with your kid instead of fighting that, resisting the fun the whole time, you know? So anyway, I, like, I feel like that came from that decision, that phone call of, like, I have to fight for myself. Mm-hmm. I have to fight for this. Came from that really deep, deep, deep place of, like, desperately wanting to know and love myself. So, you know, for, for I, I have to give it up to my mom. Like, the conversations that we have had about becoming a parent and me thinking about that woman, like, take me out of it, you know, and see her as a child. You know, do that. I did that exercise of like, you know, you do that with yourself in meditation where you no, can tell see us, yourself. Tell us the exercise because I'm so sure like, there's a lot of mothers who are like, what is the exercise? Right? So there's some things like if there's ever questions that you want to be answered sometimes in your life about like, at what moment did this happen or where did this feeling come from? Or, you know, you can kind of replay your life as a movie starting back from your earliest memory and just let it flash, you know, your eyes closed as if you're in meditation and let it just those images flash into your, you know, come into your mind, right? And just sit with them for a second, moving on to the next one, letting it, see what it brings up for you. And a lot of times, whatever question you have going into that exercise will be answered. So I decided to do that for my mother when I was becoming a mother. 
And I saw her as a little girl. And then I saw her in, you know, middle school. And then I saw her in high school and in college and marrying my father at 20 and having me at 21. And I, I saw it. And then all of a sudden, my heart just like broke open for her. And I was like, oh, man, like it makes me cry thinking about it. you were never given the space to like work through any of these things, like your anger or your frustration or your not being seen for who you really are, like all of these things, like you were never given the space for that. And so I just saw her as this like human being and I saw her pain and I saw, you know, her burdens and I don't know, it changed everything and it changed our conversations that we were allowed to have because once she started opening up and talking to me about what she went through at that time and why I was hard for her, then I realized like it had nothing to do with me and it had everything to do about with her. And it wasn't that I was unlovable for some reason. It was just that she didn't have the skill set to deal with the type of child that I was. And that... I think is part of why you chose her to be your mother. Totally. And I would do it again and again and it, time after time after time I would choose her to be my mother. Yeah. Wow. Okay everybody, uh we will be right back after this quick message from our sponsor. Uh and I'm going to ask a really tacky question about Justin Timberlake. We'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, Nikki Deloche, uh, when I pull up your Instagram, there is an adorable photo of little Hudson, and it says, Baby's first premiere made extra special because it stars my brother from another mother, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> uh, it was the Trolls movie, which, by the way, we took Sabrina to as well. She rocked the 3D glasses. Did she love it? She loved it. Yeah. She's got a big crush on Branch, who <laughs> Timberlake plays. Uh, so can you explain that? yeah um we met on the mickey mouse club and um we were 12 years old and um like instantly i like really and truly felt like oh you're my brother from another mother like you know i you know those like connections you just can't Mm -hmm. explain like i've known this person my entire life um and Actually, his mother would kind of like act as my guardian, like when my grandmother would leave town. And then— So your grandmother was with you, though? Yeah, my grandmother was with me. And then um, when I got in the music business, Justin's mom, Lynn, she was our manager and our our group manager. And so like very close with his family and with him, and I I just— I just, I love them so much, so much. They're like, they're my, they're our tribe. <laughs> yeah. Did, was it cool for Hudson to get to hear his voice? It was, Hudson came out of the theater and was like, that's the most amazing movie I've ever seen. He was so, so excited. Yeah. It was really sweet. And yeah. uh, my husband had a show for a few years called Undateable. And yeah, I watched it. Oh, well, Ron Funches is also in Trolls. And that was really, really funny because Sabrina looked up at us because she was like, like familiar voice. voice. Yeah. 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 And I mean, Hudson was already obsessed with the the feeling. He calls it the feeling song. The can't oh. stop the feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we Sabrina. Have, we have to listen to it every single day. It's a as great much song. As I love my friend Justin, but like, <laughs> oh my goodness, like every day. Um, you know? <laughs> but he loves that song so, yeah. so much. It makes him so happy. It can't not make you happy. It can't not. No. Okay, I'm, so what what do you do to make yourself happy? You listen to Krista Tippett on occasion, I imagine. I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. I like to start my day, like if I'm getting ready in the morning, especially like when I get up and, you know, if if I don't have to be on set, like get Ryan and Hudson out the door. And then as I'm getting ready, I listen to a podcast in the morning. When I drive, I listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, information and learning, like learning I've, I've learned, that makes me really happy. Um, Sounds like, I mean, you've been a professional actress now for decades, uh, and yet you're, you came from acting class this morning. I mean, well, I actually I came dedication. from meditation class oh. this morning, but I, I do still take acting classes, and also I teach it. I teach at Warner Laughlin, and I love it. And it's because, like, every single time I teach, I learn. But then I also 
It took me like 10 years to get my college degree, but I kept at it until I got it. And a lot of- What's your major? um, English and psych. I did a double major. Um, And- I, if I if I could have gotten sociology, I would have done that because I that was I was obsessed with sociology and that was my focus for my like first two years. That's what I wanted to do. Um, but I mean, like, I mean, I, those I, all tie in. I mean, that's kind of a trifecta. Yeah. It's all about storytelling and humanity. Yeah, and I still am like, what? I'm still like always looking for that next class. Hmm. So I think like learning makes me really happy. Um, my friends make me really happy. Like my community of women yeah. in my life. Um, I If somebody would have told me when I was 15 years old that when I'm 37, um, I would be surrounded by so many incredible women, I would have been like, that only happens in like fairy tales. Mm-hmm. You know? That that doesn't happen to people, right? Only sex in the city. Only in sex in the city. But I mean, really and truly, I look around and I'm like, I cannot believe that like I belong to this tribe of like smart, compassionate, messy. Yes. And I you love know, the messy part. But I think that's the thing about like, not to bring up the election, but I but I think that's one of the things that was like such a shock to the system to see like how many women voted for Trump was because, like, out here, I'm. I realized, like, oh, I'm in this bubble with mm-hmm. my my female friends, mm-hmm. like, you know, because there has been this like great awakening that is happening, mm-hmm. like with with women. I've seen it. I've seen mm-hmm. us all like go on this journey together, where we're like, we are powerful and we are strong and we are leaders, but also we are nurturers and we are lovers and we are messy, you know. Like super messy. <laughs> and if we do not come to terms with that as mothers, we lose our minds. Yeah, because we get to be all of those things. And the only thing that ever kept us from being those things was society telling us that mm-hmm. we weren't supposed to be those things. So like now— it's Supposed to be pageant girls. Right? So now like we're getting or pageant to women or pageant ladies. Well, pageant ladies, which, yeah, I'm trying really hard not to super get into all of this right now. What I did also— <laughs> I realized that morning I woke up, and obviously Atomic Moms is for everyone. Every mom. Everyone. Switzerland in the mommy wars and uh, Switzerland in the election wars. But, I mean, we all know where I lean. But uh, I got to say one positive thing for me that came up that morning was my imposter complex is Mm. over. Mm. Mm. I no longer feel like a fraud. Totally. And I don't need to, you know, I'm one of those people that really likes to follow directions. Yeah. And go by the book. And if I'm not, I'm not qualified to do this unless I take a million classes in it or unless I'm getting paid to do it, then I'm not qualified. Mm -hmm. I don't get to say I'm this thing until I've already proven I've been that thing for a long time. a very female yeah. thing to do. Ask for permission. That's oh, another right? one. Like all of those things of like, I can't stand next to or I can't do this yeah. unless I'm the best at it. Right. Unless, unless I'm the best. I'm undeniable. Already the best at it. Yeah. Well, I think another thing that came up for me and it's living in the world of like, like you said, like here at Atomic Moms or Switzerland, but I think like I wasn't, I wasn't angry. Like I was for a moment, I, you mm-hmm. know, angry at mm-hmm the other women who voted for Trump or like, mm-hmm. I, and then I'll, and then I went, wait a second, like, wait a second. These are all my people, right? And anger and whatever it is that they're feeling deep down, that's pain, right? It's pain. Whether it's like, I'm not being heard or I, you know, I too am working my butt off and I'm, you know, I I can't pay my bills or whatever it is. It's all pain that's like coming up from somewhere. And like, we got to be a part of the like healing process of this country. So, and I did, I sat down with this whole table of women and like a bunch of them voted for Trump. And instead of like going like, how could you or any of those things, I just like said, do you mind talking to me about that for you? Like your vote and why, you know? Because it's not like we have to have those conversations. I need to know you. I need to know why 
you voted that way and why that mattered to you. And you should know why I voted that way and why it mattered to me. But people aren't having those conversations because they're so scared. And there's so much judgment flying There's so much sides. judgment. Yeah, it has to be. Know. like We don't know. We don't know. know. And that's the thing. Like, until you sit down with someone, you have a conversation. You don't know. Period. You know? Um, the so- other thing I will take away, though, is my— My uh, acceptance of people, like, I wanted to say, like, shitting on me. Like, I'm (laughs) over it. Like, I can't. Now I have more of that firm line of, like, no. Yeah. I'm not that pretty little girl anymore. Yeah. And I don't always follow the directions. And I'm not going to be perfect. I am messy. And I do have a voice. And, uh, And so... I'm not going to disappear. I'm not going to disappear. I'm not going to be less of myself. I'm not going to make myself smaller. Yeah. And that's what I, like, for the longest time this year, I was, you know, because for the last, like, six years, knock on wood, I've had such a plethora of work. Like, and I have said yes, and I have gone, like, full force. And then I got to this place where I was like, wait a second. So this year I made the, the, the choice to... Really, because I went through postpartum and my whole first two years of like being a mother, it was hard and it was awful. And I was deeply depressed, had thoughts of suicide. Like it was really, 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 really bad. So this year I decided like, okay, I'm finally out of this. Like the fog and the Mm -hmm. clouds and the darkness and all that is gone. So what am I saying yes to, you know? So I decided I'm not going to do all the work. I'm not going to say yes to everything unless Mm -hmm. I am like really – impassioned or really moved by it. And I only did two things this year, three things. I did. Only, I mean. No, no, no. But I did a pilot. I did a short. And I did this this last movie that I did. That's it. That's the only three things I said yes to all year long. And then I was a mom. And then a lot of that that came up for me is that idea of like, because I was trying to navigate how bad it felt to make myself feel smaller, to make room for all these other things for my son and my husband and my friends and my work and my Mm -hmm. this. And then I thought this was like this, just this last month. No, it's not, it's not about being smaller. Right. And it's not even about being bigger, so to speak. Like it's about letting go of those things that are not authentic to you. Right. So the fear and that what you were talking about, allowing people to, like, shit all over you, that doesn't feel good. Mm-mm. That's not who you are. Mm-mm. So by letting that go. Yeah, and you, not throwing myself under the bus either. Totally. Which is, like, the worst. I mean, that is just so classic betrayal. of us. Yeah, we betray it's ourselves all the time as yes. women. Yes. And with we, that. we do it all the time. I mean, when I was walking into meditation class today, Madeline, she looks at me and she goes, I just want you to the to examine the price of betrayal. She said that to you personally or everyone? Everyone before they went okay. in. She had like a moment with them. Because <laughs> I would have taken like, that very personally. And she had like, uh, but no, that was said to me personally. But each person, had, she had a different thing A different for one. Them. So she did that was that personal. And then I walked in and I was like, what do you mean? You know? And then Whoa. as I was sitting there, I was like, oh, I know what she was saying. The ways in which I betray myself by not being authentically, doing authentically what is right for me, how I feel, what I think, who I am, all of those things. Oh, but like, yeah, at first I was like, and then I was like, oh, no, she's right. How do we betray ourselves? And it just, it deadens us. It destroys our soul. And it makes us sick physically. Yeah. Ugh. And then what are we teaching to our kids? How are we embodying, like, all the things that we want them to be if, like, we're betraying ourselves all the time? <laughs> they can't do it. They end no. up with the same baggage. Yeah. If we don't shed it, I'm just, like, attaching a U-Haul to Sabrina's future. <laughs> My crap. I'm proud of that metaphor. long U-Haul. <laughs> like, it's one of those double bangers. I think that's so cool that you had that, like, epiphany. That's huge. 
Which one? Which the, epiphany? The one where you were like, I'm not going to allow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my Trump epiphany. Yeah, it's yeah, a good one. There's I, two of them that you had that are both, like, excellent. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I, I See, I'm having a hard time accepting that. Yes. Why? Why do you think that that's Ooh. hard for you to accept? I pull back. You say that. And then the, I can feel and then you. The, no, by the, the way, yeah, I, I feel know. you pulling back. And then the, I feel you like going to the, the tribunal. Yeah, the tribunal of assholes in my head uh, are like, why? Why did you say back? Like back? You know, like it's funny because then I, and now I'm in this like other headspace. Mm-hmm. And when you just mimicked me doing or reflected the my backing away, uh, that now that sort of physical gesture. Totally relates to my birth experience oh. because I, it was an amazing one. But when I was pushing, I had such a difficult time. And when I think about it, I was just like lying, leaning back. Like all I wanted to do was sort of to like back up and keep backing up and be like, get this thing out of me somehow. But I am like, a, I'm going to just be in the other room behind me. I don't care how you get it out. Just get it out. But I'm going to go in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> unmedicated and I was like wow Uh, really fast because I want to talk about your Hallmark movie I first have to ask you about the postpartum experience because there's some mamas listening right now that are are wondering how you got through that like I knew I loved him but I could not connect to that love it I was like empty, paralyzed, paralyzed. I mean, and I would, I, I, I would just stop, like I would sometimes scare myself so badly that I would pull over on the side of the road because I was like, I don't need to drive this car because I am going to drive it into that brick wall. I mean, I was so terrified of killing myself all the time. I would dream of ways to do it. I would think all the time of ways to do it. And it was the scariest thing in the world. So then you're like, I can't trust myself and I can't trust myself around my kid because I can't trust myself. So then I just did the only thing that I could, which is allow my nanny to just take over, you know? And she knew what I was going through. She was the only person really for a while who knew what I was going through. And meanwhile, you're still showing up at work. Still showing up at work, working 16-hour days. And um, by the, the way- the MTV show Awkward. On the MTV show Awkward. Thank God for that that I had to show up somewhere, that I was contractually obligated to get out of bed. (laughs) So did you take medication? No, and that's the other thing I tried. My body reacts really badly, except to booze. I can't can't take any medication. Like all of the the different things that you could take, that women could take, that essentially just help you for a very short period of time, keep from killing yourself or to like— Get you back on track. Get you back on track, and then you eventually wean yourself Mm -hmm. off the medication and you're doing better. I couldn't do any of that. It made me worse. It was like a setback each time we tried something. So then, I mean, this thing was like 18 months— Cause like we kept trying something, I kept getting set back, you know, fighting forward, setting, and it's the same. It's that same thing that I had that like every time that was like I'm gonna survive this, I'm gonna survive this. I'm you know losing everything, right? Losing everything, yeah. Well, you're amazing, but (laughs) losing everything out of the after the music business, I'm gonna survive this because I have a job to do. That is to know and to love myself so that I can truly know and love others. That is my job. That is why I'm here, and nobody is gonna take that away from me. I swear to God, like they're not gonna take it away from me. And but then. Being a mom, I was also like, I have this other thing that I desperately wanted to live for and be happy for. Desperately. I've never wanted to be so like so present in someone else's life. Like I do this thing with him, which is probably not spiritually like the best thing in the world to do, but I make him promise to find me in other lifetimes. <laughs> like it's like he probably his soul should be really, on his journey. really sweet baggage there. 
Yeah, like his soul should probably so be on his sweet. own journey, like whatever way. But in like, like seven never. generations from now, he's going to go to a past life expert and she's going to be like, look, you had this you mom. You cut the. You had this mom back in the 2000s. She put like a crazy thing Curse on, you. on you. You're supposed to be finding your soulmate. Instead, so you're you finding, finding your mother. Your <laughs> like, but it's true. And I'm like, oh, I know this is not right, but. I definitely, I just, like, I have yeah. to know him. And I have to, like, know the in the next lifetime, like, what is, what is he doing? Or she or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just need to, like, know him. So I wanted to also, I needed to get better for that, you know? Was there a day that you realized, like, oh, I'm starting to feel better? Or you were like, oh, we have this moment of connection that we've never had before. Little by little. And that's the thing with postpartum. When I first started to go see um, a specialist, a therapist, um, she said, here's the thing that I'm going to tell you. This is going to take a very long time for it to actually be gone, you know, for you not to feel the effects of it anymore. But gradually over that time, you will feel a little lighter, a little better, a little, you know. And what I need you to do is in that moment, when you feel that, celebrate it. Like really celebrate it. It might be the my, most minute little like, oh, like I just felt my heart open a little mm -hmm. bit. Like I, you can feel it in your body. When that happens, just celebrate it, right? Because it may be a month or a week or however long until you feel that again. And be brave enough for our listeners. Like, be brave enough to celebrate it. Because a lot of us have a hard time celebrating or we somehow link that to pain or sadness. Yeah. Like, it's it's hard for uh, – in the times when I have experienced depression or anxiety or, you know, I've sat on my therapist couch – and uh, and she'll say, like, well, how does that feel if it's a good thing? And I'll be like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to go there. And she's like, why not? And it's it's it can be a scary thing for people to feel good. And that's been one of my— deny yourself, like— Yeah. Like— I deserve to feel good. And, right. Like, denying yourself that feeling of feeling good and really asking the questions. Like, here's the beautiful thing about— evolving and asking the questions about you is the, you know, the more you ask that question of who am I, who am I, the more you create space for others to ask that question. And also the more empathy and compassion and kindness you have for every person around you, because it is not, it no longer became for me asking the hard questions that looking at the things that felt ugly or had mm -hmm. shame around them. It's hard in the beginning to do that because, like, there's a lot of pain there. The pain is information. So what's the information there? And now it feels like I'm 15 years old again asking yeah. the same questions I've been asking for the last, you know, 20 years, I guess, you know, or 15 years of my life, really. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm 15 years old again listening to, like, Sarah McLachlan in a dark closet being excited about, yeah. like, the question of who am I? Ooh, that's good. Right? Yeah, it's so good. And that, that's, I have, you know, that's part of the journey of this podcast is, you know, just running towards the fun, celebrating life, like accepting the good along with acknowledging the, I won't say bad because like nothing's good or bad, um, but, but accepting the hard way. time, it can feel that way. Yeah. Because I also, you know, when I was growing up, you just, that was not mirrored to me. Like, no. like there was no, um, my mom, you know, oh God, I hate talking about her because I always want to cut it out later. Uh, Isn't but that crazy? I always want to cut it out. I'm always, always trying to protect her. I, 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 I understand that. Because it's also, it's not her podcast. So like, why do I get to share her story? But the problem is it's so totally linked. Understand it's that. so linked with mine that yes. like, I can't escape it. I know. But you know what I learned is that like for women, that relationship with our mother and so in certain ways, our ability to love ourselves is like linked to the percentage of love that we felt like we received mm -hmm. from our mothers, you know, Makes or sense. our ability to love others, right. you know. And so we have to talk about it because right. if we don't talk about it, if we don't take yeah. that relationship and we like shine a light yeah. on it and have a conversation about it, I guarantee you there are, I know that there are thousands of other women out there 
who have gone through the same thing, who like feel so much shame around talking about it, but you have to. How else are you going to move through it? That's true. She would, uh, I'd never, she's so highly accomplished. My um, mom too. Yeah. And I uh, never saw her uh, able to celebrate herself or the wins mm. um, or, you know, I have a, a great photograph of her in my office and then she's probably like seven years old and she's at an art easel and she's drawing or she's painting. Uh, I think she's painting a horse, which she, she loves horses. And, uh, and like, I keep that on my desk because I'm like, that's my mother's essential self. Like, that's who she is. Um, oh, Ellie, and she's like, she's a beautiful soul. She's smiling at the camera and, uh, and it's so sweet and tender. Yeah. And I, um, but that's who she is. That's who she is. Yeah. And so, uh, and she had a lot of experiences uh, that taught her that she needed to be a different way. Yeah. And uh, so a huge thing for me has been about accepting uh, the good feelings and, and celebrating when things go well. And uh, it was hard. The 100th episode of the podcast, I would, people would be like, how does that feel? 100 episodes of something like that kind of commitment for two years to something like every single week. How does that feel to like be a part of, you know, of this tribe? Um, and I was like, I, I was okay. It's okay. You know, like hard to accept. Just to be a part of it, to be a leader. Yeah. Be a leader. Yeah. And, uh, and then my neighbor across the street, Rebecca, she's this incredible artist and also an actress. Uh, she gave me this beautiful necklace and she wrote this um, card for me. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a big deal. Like, this is a really big thing. Like I made something. It's a really big deal. And when I can open up and like feed the meter in that way, like I have so much more yeah, capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, to be good to other people. Totally. Like you cannot show up for other people if you're always shitting on yourself. Never. Like it's not possible. Like you live with this like mind frame of scarcity, like you of love or things are going to be taken away from me. Or you, when you were looking at life through this filter of he's doing X, Y, or Z, um, and that's bad. Like instead of seeing the good in someone or taking note of that, and that's actually a lot of what next week's episode with Dr. Laura Berman uh, is about, uh, this idea of like what lens are we looking mm -hmm. at our world through? Mm -hmm. Well, and because that we, usually goes back to our childhood. You know, there's there's like sometimes it's just a moment that happens to you, you know, at a certain age, usually between the ages of like four and eight, sometimes it's younger, sometimes it's later, whatever, a moment that happens through which, whether that's the fear of abandonment yeah. or the need to connect or yeah. whatever, and that's the lens. That's the thing, right? And this you is so are, you see the world I love through. It. Usually the podcast is like 45 minutes long and like <laughs> I can't stop. Um, but yeah, like all, all, all of those, all of those things, like we, we, we learn, but we're taught like, in whatever way in which it manifests or shows up, whether it's the abandonment or need to collect, connect or need to belong or whatever it is. Which, like, which, by the way, that's the same thing, I think. What, the fear of abandonment and need to belong? And need to connect. I, that's yes. probably well, my like driving a, force, well, right? Like the that's, fear and the need. What's the fear on one side? my on objective side? in life is to connect. <laughs> that's why I do the podcast. Yeah. Maybe it's an actress thing. Yeah. That, you know, we are so sensitive to people's energy and like we know we know the second someone goes offline and like i you use that skill as an actor i use it as a an interviewer yeah or you know or in you also know that though as a human being just living your life mm -hmm. like you can feel that in someone and it's hard it's hard to not personalize it yes. you know in oh, those moments oh it's very hard Right, it's really, really, it's also really hard not hard. to take it on, and like or to take it on, that. or yeah, for sure. I think I spent like a lot of my life like becoming whoever I was around for yeah. fear of like, you know, 
Yeah, we're shaped. Them not la- we allowing totally, me to belong in their yes. tribe. You know, like, oh Shapeshifters. Total shapeshifter. I'm super good at that. Yeah. And then you have that moment where you're like, I don't actually want to be anyone else but me at all. And like all of that. I mean, which, by the way, no is limitless. No in it. As if we aren't enough, <laughs> right? Like, because it's so crazy because you're just like, the spectrum of me is so massive. It's massive. limitless. It is. So, like, why am I bothering trying to do or be anyone else ever? And Sabrina doesn't. And that's what I'm just trying to protect for her. Yeah. You want her to stay, like, her little unique herness. Yeah, yeah, right? And just, just like, channel the energy. She's like a Mustang. <laughs> Like she is, she's a Mustang. But isn't that so exciting? It's exciting. Though, that like she, it, like you get to have this like child that's a like a girl and she's a Mustang. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's gonna be hard, but like oh it's man, so good, it's gonna though. be wild and fun and awesome. Because let me tell you, if I had a little girl who was super um, docile, yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be real easy for me to ignore, which is a crazy thing to admit. I don't think but, that's crazy to admit. I think that means that you just know yourself. Yeah. You know? If she was really easy, it'd be a lot. But she will not let me be on She's my like, phone. Oh, um, neither will Hudson. And I think that's so – I'm so grateful for that. Me too. Because if she yeah. was super easy breezy, I could do so many other – get so many other things done. Oh, yeah. No, Hudson, like, I can't even pick up my phone for a second. And he'll be like, Mama, Mama, mm-hmm. put Forces your phone us down. to be present. Oh, Yeah. He one time took my th- phone and he threw it, and I couldn't get mad at him because yep. he was right. Yep. Put your phone down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. he was right. I was like, oh, you're right. And, you know, and granted, you know, I did need to get stuff done, but like at the right. same time, okay, then maybe that's something I should have done before mm-hmm. I walked into my house. Right. You know? And yeah. take the five minutes to finish sending those emails yes. and then walk into your house, yeah. put the phone down. Don't like walk in the house and still have the three emails that need to be sent until you're doing it right while he's playing. Or you know my I mean? thing is like, I'll just come down with my agenda immediately. And instead <laughs> of like sitting there and playing with her, I'll be like, why are your shoes still on? Because the preschool, like the sand is still in your, you know, like just play with her for a bit and then ask that question. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise it just, I'm coming down starting a war. Which is not fair to a three-year-old. No, I know, I know. I have to remind myself that all the time with him. But, like, aren't we lucky, though, that we get to, like, have this type of mother journey? Yeah. Where we are allowing ourselves to, like, fall on our face. And we know when we're falling on our faces. And then we have other mommy friends that are like, oh, I do it too. (laughs) And then we try to, you know, pick ourselves up and, like, drinking Coors Light. Drinking Coors Light, trying to be the best versions of ourselves. I just, that to me, I, I just feel really, I feel really grateful. Like, I feel so grateful that I I know you and that you're having these conversations with women every day. I, I'm so honored to, like, be in here and to be a part of that in any way, shape, or form. It really, like, I can't even tell you, like, how much that means to me and how grateful I am to be a part of to be a woman, it sucks sometimes. Like, <laughs> but really and truly, it, it's we're incredible. <laughs> we are. I totally agree. Okay. So everybody, subscribe on iTunes. Go to iTunes.com backslash atomic moms. Please, I'm asking for what I want. I want you to give uh, Atomic Bombs a five-star review. Yeah, and I girl. want you to comment on it. It helps. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. It also helps with our ranking. Um, go to atomicmoms.com. For to sign up for our newsletter and uh, reach out to us via social media. Uh, okay, our mom session today is uh, and our mom session slash homework for you all is to be uh, in front of your television Saturday night. Oh yay! Please tell us. Um, I did. I did a Hallmark Christmas movie. It's called A Dream of Christmas, and it's um, it's essentially it's a wonderful life. But with the fem- with the lead character, the George Bailey character, being female, and then I play her, which was really interesting for that script to come along and like, oh, here's this. Mm-hmm. And I read it and I was like, very interesting to um, have been a person that, like this character, did everything right, worked the hardest, 
you know, was the good mom, the good friend, you know, worked so hard at my job and yet got nowhere, was getting nowhere, you know? Or still unsatisfied. still unsatisfied. And so she wishes, like, essentially, like, I wish I would have had a different life or made other choices. And she wakes up in that new life. And um, it was interesting to play, like, what what would your life be like, Nikki, if you had made other choices? And then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, man, I I just would have made all the same choices because, you know, I don't know what I would do without my husband or my kid or my family or my friends or, you know, all those things that actually really matter, <laughs> like, you know. Um, so it's kind of just – it's a beautiful story on the reminder of, you know, um, you're exactly where you're meant to be at all times and it's all on purpose, for purpose, and um, and also your whole family can watch it. Awesome. So that's yeah. this Saturday, December 3rd. Is that right? Yeah, December 3rd <laughs> on Hallmark at 8 p.m. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on, Nikki. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, everybody, until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on, Atomic Moms. <laughs>